Hello and welcome to the Go Play That podcast. It is episode 86. My name is Rob Cook. I'm joined by Tom Wolford today. Hello. And we are in our last podcast before the marathon. Uh, in two weeks' time, well, less than two weeks' time, we will have been up for 24 hours. Uh, so we're into the final preparation phase of our operation. Um, it's going well. Well, uh, you are. I'm sitting around scratching my belly. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I spent today, um, this morning, uh, updating the scenes, resubscribing to XSplit, um, just uh, getting all the all the stuff together on the tech side. You're here next Friday. Um, yes. And we'll have to do like a a shopping run, just ahead of the sh- of, the, of the show. To be fair, that was the most fun part of last year's 24-hour <laughs> marathon, was just beaning around <laughs> cheap supermarkets looking for monster energy drink and sweets. Ingredients for chili. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Hush had ordered stuff to be delivered here, including the Russian roulette jelly beans. Or can you call it Russian roulette if it doesn't actually kill you? I mean, it nearly did. But, it nearly uh, killed me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we'll have we'll have uh, news on our Just Giving page um, within the next two weeks. Just well, I mean, it's like ten days from now, pretty much uh, as of as of recording, as of as of publication. And um, if you go over to go uh, go over to tinyurl dot com forward slash gpt twenty seventeen, that's where you can see all the details for that one, uh, or just go play that dot com and uh, you'll find your way there. Um, but today we're going to talk about. Uh, games. Some, some games that we've been playing between the two of us and it's been a pretty uh, amazing week for big releases um, last Friday uh, the 27th of October it was a huge day for for AAA um, Super Mario Odyssey came out Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus came out and so did Assassin's Creed Origins um, within the group we're playing all three of those games. Myself, I've been playing Super Mario Odyssey and, and Wolfenstein. Both I would highly recommend. Um, I don't really want to talk too much about them just because they're going to have received so much um, so much coverage out there already. Um, so I'll talk about one that maybe isn't getting the coverage or is getting shortchanged in the press, and that's Gran Turismo Sport. Well, um, before you before you do start with that, sure. I would like to just bring it back a little bit because I have two very pertinent questions to ask you uh-huh. about the two games that you don't want to talk about. Oh, sure. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay, so uh, Super Mario Odyssey is basically the game that has forced me to buy a Switch. Oh, you do have a Switch? Do you have it in hand now? I do not have it in my hand. It is being delivered on the 17th of November. Oh, okay. Um, because we had possibility of some fairly sweet discountage cool. uh, via via a site that uh, my girlfriend orders from quite regularly. She gets uh, discounts and benefits and stuff. So mm. uh, we got like 40 quid off the price with the caveat that it would be delivered like not next day, whatever. Sure, yeah. So uh, I picked that up 
Uh, I got one two switch with it and Mario Kart eight. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I am going to buy Mario Odyssey. So I, I wanted to know: is it as good as all the critics are saying? In it's, like a one word answer. <laughs> yes. Good. Okay. Uh, well, it's it's getting like unanimous, incredible praise. It's probably what you'd expect from a mainline Super Mario game. Uh, right. No- nothing short of brilliant. Really solid, like really entertaining, loads of different ideas thrown in. Um, and really entertaining and, and charming. Like, yeah, great game. Cool. Okay, so I'll pick that up then because that is also the reason that I've held off like today. I've mm. been sat at home. Uh, I've had my itchy finger hovering over the buy button on my PlayStation for either Ascreed Origins or uh, <laughs> Wolfenstein. Yeah. So that brings me to my next question. Is Wolfenstein 2 more New Order or more Old Blood? Because both of us, neither of us liked Old Blood, yeah. whereas both of us were blown away by New Order. I think you'll find uh, New Colossus very entertaining uh, in a way that New Order was. Um, okay. It does feel more like that. I didn't play too much of the Old Blood, as we've said before. I kind of just dropped it because I didn't get the same feel from it. Uh, it was originally going to be two DLC expansions that just got turned into one package and released. Um, and yeah, the new Colossus so far is awesome. Really, really stunning uh, opening act. Um, combat feels really good. You can choose to stealth around or not. Like it's got the same mechanic where there'll be um, people that can radio in. So you kind of want to stealth and kill them so that they can't call reinforcements and then from, from there take everyone else out. Um, but there's some new stuff and some crazy twists and turns uh, so far I've spent maybe three hours with it um, it is yeah it's good I, I would recommend that as well but I, I guess maybe hold off just because you've got a new console coming through well that's the thing so I, I was hovering over uh, it, I was in between uh, Assassin's Creed and Wolfenstein today Yeah. Uh, but then I realised that that money could be better served maybe going towards Mario Odyssey and Switch uh, not Switch uh, Splatoon Zelda? maybe oh Splatoon I'm hoping to just borrow Earl's copy of Zelda when sure. I come over to be honest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he'll hear it here first so that's good <laughs> uh, he probably doesn't have a physical copy oh if we're being rubbish. honest okay um, I have some physical games um, none that I'm done with but <laughs> no worries no worries we'll be fine um no, so that's why I didn't go immediately in. But also on Wolfenstein, I'd heard that it can be quite difficult because somehow you start with like very low hmm. health or something. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't know if this would be something based on the difficulty I chose or not. So I've chosen what they call hard, so the one hmm. above normal difficulty. Yeah, we know um, how games work, Rob. Well, there are like <laughs> seven different difficulties. So it's the one above normal. There could have been like a... Normal plus version. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know what it's called because they give each one like a unique name. Um, but your health um, sits at fifty. Mm-hmm. You've got armor as well that you can have on top of that, and it doesn't regenerate. And when you use health kits that go above fifty, it will tick down back to fifty. And I didn't know if that was based on the difficulty setting, and if on normal it would be a hundred, and it wouldn't, you know, tick back down but uh 
No, I've, I've heard it's, people it's saying that, like, that. yeah, until they get, like, an unlock where or an upgrade or whatever where their health is actually, like, a decent level and then they can start playing it properly. Kind of thing. You start the game smashed to shit. Like, right. it starts immediately after the end of, of the previous game, okay. ha- having fought the final boss, like, not to spoil yeah. anything, but there's a ending to that game in which you have a difficult uh, bout and you don't come away completely unscathed um, and it picks up directly after and like the first level you're rolling around in a wheelchair. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and so it makes plot sense that you have lower health. I don't know if it changes at some point, but I've been tested greatly in some, in some circumstances and had to sort of battle to figure out the, the combat and figure out where to be. Uh, there's this one particular level where it's just a room. You just have to defend this room for a short time. And so uh, right. each, like a, a successful run through that level is maybe a, a three minute uh, like offensive, but right, okay. uh, figuring out where to be standing, where to get ammo, when to reload. Um, like there was at this bit, I had um, picked up some upgrades for my weapons. And so it wouldn't checkpoint and save the upgrades, which I thought was fine because then I could try something else and see if another upgrade worked better to get me out of that uh, situation. So yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, Am I a bad guy by saying wait until it goes down in price? Because there's a lot coming out. I I don't know. Like I knowing that you're going to get super Mario Odyssey and it's your new, new console. Uh, if you're going to get one, it would be that for sure. Sure. Uh, well, there's there's the possibility of Odyssey and Zelda at least. To oh, start. sure. Yeah. And, and probably Splatoon. Yeah. Because this, this is a couple's purchase, so <laughs> <laughs> there will be other games coming in. Sure, and you're not going to be... Um, you're not wanting for games to play now anyway, so... No. Um, I actually picked this up because I, f- I got it uh, discounted. I wouldn't have got it if it was if I was going for full price. And um, not because it's a single-player-only game, just because I had other stuff to play anyway. Sure. Um, but when I saw it, when I, I took the opportunity to get it cheaper and yeah. happy with yeah, that. Yeah, no worries. I, um, Assassin's Creed Origins, um, I guess I'm kind of interested just because it seems different, but I've not finished Witcher. Uh, there's other games to play, and I haven't enjoyed an Assassin's Creed game since... I don't know. Brotherhood. Black um, Flag was good. Yeah. I didn't I didn't spend too much time with Black Flag. Uh and I tried the other ones. I tried Unity, I tried Syndicate. Um this one's those, um, they've taken it. Those were the year. weakest. Yeah, those were the weakest in my in my uh, opinion. Well three was the weakest, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um But no, I know Stu has got Origins. Uh so we'll try and capture his thoughts on that game at some point. Yeah. Um any other questions about those games? Any? No, other, that was it. Want, it that went on a little longer than uh, <laughs> than expected. But um, yeah, it was generally like I, I I don't necessarily have to wait till Wolfenstein goes down in price, but I just wanted to know if it would. It's a. It seems great. Okay, I'm enjoying cool. it. Yeah, I didn't know if the health thing would be a, a cause for concern for me, nah. like like the issues that I was talking about having with Prey, where you seem to be on the back foot like all the time on that game. Now that's and, that's. F- I, of your choosing, if you wish to set that difficulty, I think in Wolfenstein, like um, right. you can change it on the fly as well. Cool. So um, 
I know you're a stickler for trophies sometimes, so maybe you wouldn't do that. Uh, not not a Wolfenstein, mate. I, I finished <laughs> that game and I left it well alone. It's sure. like completed on a one life only run. I was like, but I died 10 times on the opening level. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, cool. Uh, continue then please with the Gran Turismo Sport. Yeah, so but- Gran Turismo, um, the last game before this one was six on the PS3. And that was pretty much like any other Gran Turismo game. Loads of cars, like more than a thousand cars in that game. Uh, loads of different uh, types of of races, uh, a realistic feel. Um, didn't really change too much in terms of of uh, the series, and had some quirky stuff on the side, like uh, driving along the moon in a in a moon buggy. Um, but pretty much what you'd expect from a Gran Turismo game. Gran Turismo Sport is not your run-of-the-mill Gran Turismo game. It's focused on online. There's really not too much going on for a offline player or someone who's not interested in playing online. It doesn't have many cars. In terms of like unique models, it probably only has around 100 cars in the game, which is obviously very different. There's um, still 100 cars more than I've got, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... Yeah, it's a different focus and some people are at face value turned off by that because it's not what they want from Gran Turismo, which I guess is fair. But for those people, I'd say you still got those other games like, yes, you want to play a high fidelity version of your favorite series, but you're still going to get the Gran Turismo feel from this game because it still um, has its own unique sort of handling model. It feels very different from any other um, semi-sim racing game out there like Project Cars or, or Forza. Um, so it still feels like Gran Turismo, but from there on in, it differs quite greatly and in a direction that I'm appreciating way more than any Gran Turismo since my sort of PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 days. Um, yeah, because a bit of a bit of sort of background knowledge for people who haven't really uh, gone through our back catalogue, hmm. you are the racing guy in in the group <laughs> I, I guess so um, Earl as well is way into his uh, racing games and also is playing this this one um, but yeah I, I'd probably say that as well um, so it's focused on competitive like sp- the sports like real life motorsport angle and it's um in order to do that successfully, it penalizes you for um, bumping into other other you know racers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the single player aspect is that there's a driving school, as there always is. Um, there's this mode where you're trying to perfect each corner of a real life track or of, of their own like fictional tracks, and then eventually build up to getting a you know a good time on the whole track. Um, and then there's a few other modes that I'm not super aware of at this point because I've been mostly spending my time in the online and the online gives you, uh, as I said, incentive to not be a dick, um, <laughs> which it, more online games need, I feel. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I could see why they wouldn't all go out of their way to do it because it does put a lot of faith in people following those rules. Um, but the way it punishes you is that it has, so you have two online rankings. You have a speed score, um, I think it's called a speed score, but basically it's like how uh, successful are you? How often are you winning 
races, um, like how good a racer are you, basically. But the other, the other uh, rating is like a safety rating. Uh, and this will go up or down depending on how much you're banging into other racers, how aggressively you're going into corners with them and sort of putting them off, how um, much you're weaving in front of them to stop from getting past you, how um, dangerously you're coming back onto the track after going off. And it's basically like there's these set of this set of videos that it shows you before you're allowed to race online where it's telling you that you need to uh, be nice. You need to be um, sportsman-like. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, you'll get you'll get punished. And your speed rating cannot climb up. Even if you win a race, it won't climb up until your safety rating is a certain grade. Um, and at each sec- like sector of the track, you know where it will be like a split time, and it will tell you in the first sector of of three for this lap, this is your time, and this is your sp- delta between person in front and behind. It'll also tell you if your safety rating uh, was positive or negative or neutral and basically tell you if something you did in that sector is dragging your score down. And at the end of the race, it will tell you if your overall score has, score has gone up or down and maybe you'll even change your grade. Um, so I I dropped out from the default grade down to, I think, C, uh, like after one or two races. Like it takes a while to get a feel for it. And it actually led me to being really, really overly cautious uh, to avoid collisions with the racers. Um, sometimes their collision into you will knock your rating down, but I think right. that's the game choosing to identify that you, uh, were slower and you didn't get out of their way. Right. Okay. Um, but it's kind of trying to emulate the kind of things that they would teach you as a motorsportsman in real life. Like these are the kind of things you should do. If, if your choice is smashing into the car in front of you or going off onto the grass, and having to recover and only affecting yourself, that you should do the latter. Yeah. Um, so Max Verstappen would be fucked then, <laughs> basically. He, <laughs> he, he's fine. He he did he he's my favourite F one. <laughs> uh, so I have no I take no issue. But yeah, maybe he would he would take a a nick here or there. Um, and yeah, you can see that these this sort of mentality has fed through into how everyone else in that game drives or at least more than you might expect. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still a bit on faith and people might choose to like, if they're losing, they're like, well, I'm not going to get any speed rating up, uh, you know, update anyway. I might as well try and go for it at the, at the expense of, of my safety rating. But overall you feel like everyone's a bit more cautious and a bit more um, empathetic of, of, each other player yeah uh, which you wouldn't get like you wouldn't have in forza sure uh, could they could they also enforce this by like you know like realistic crashes like to the point where like if you hmm. drive i mean i don't know if it has this in the game but let's imagine you pull a maneuver which gets you spun out and smash into a barrier then you're like well your car's not coming back on the track you fucked that race up you know there's- other other games do that um i don't know what the top level damage model in Gran Turismo is it's probably it's it's never been very robust it's always right. been pretty basic like a few dents in the in the um paneling and, and nothing more other games uh in this kind of space do more to 
uh, inflict damage and lose uh, wheels and stuff like Codemasters games do that, for example. Okay. Um, it would. I think it would work, but um, there's always the chance that you'll come out of like a an attack um, better off than the person you're smashing into. Sure. Uh, whereas this is like, this is not looking at the sort of random outcome of a of a collision. It's actually saying no, you did this worse or better than than you could have to be to be a safer racer. Sure, I've I'm, I'm I've got in mind, and this is a throwback, but uh, going back to my old days of playing, this is football. I think t- <laughs> yeah. 2002 when they had like the the player rate or your team rating there was one competitive mode where it was like the same match every time but you got a better rating depending on how well you played football you could win 6-0 or you could win 1-0 mm. but possibly at 1-0 you could get a better score than winning 6-0 because you right. like your passing was more accurate or you defended better or this kind of thing yeah it it, it, it I haven't really looked at how it does the speed rating stuff much because it's um <laughs> i've spent so much trying just time just trying to get my uh safety rating back up knowing that if that's still at sea winning races isn't really going to do much for me other than feeling amazing because it feels way more difficult to win races in this yeah. game um but it separates it in a way that you if you are uh safer and slower, yeah, you'll probably get a. Uh, if you're if you're able to focus on your safety rating at, at the expense of getting a, like a better position at the end of the race, then yeah, your safety rating might climb up faster. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that the online races there will be three on on a in, on a given day there'll be three different scenarios, and they will be ready to enter at different intervals during the day, and they would cycle through. So if I go online now. I'll be able to play one and enter it and start playing in five minutes, another one in 15 minutes, another one in maybe half an hour. And whilst I'm waiting, I can go and set a qualifying time. So I can go and enter and try and get uh, a good time in a qualifying state on my own. And when it match makes 12 to 24 races together, it will put you in the, on the grid in order of who had the best to worst uh, qualifying okay, that's time. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and that's led to me sometimes starting second and some, sometimes starting pretty much near the back because my times aren't great, but I might luck out because at that time of day where I'm playing, there's not really anyone else better than me that I get matched with. Um, sure. And starting higher up the grid, of course, gives you a better chance to win. Um, but even so, like even starting ninth, like if I start ninth and finish ninth or eighth, that's a hugely uh, great feeling. Uh, like it's really exhilarating to to maintain a position in a, like a twenty four car race, like in the middle of the pack, like making yeah. progress, jostling for position all the time. Like, like start, yeah, starting second or starting third and finishing third doesn't feel as good as starting ninth and finishing sixth because you actually overtook like three people, three other people that are also trying to avoid. Uh, damaging their safety rating and all kind of racing in a more uh, lifelike way. Sure. Um, and yeah, I, I, I can see why people wouldn't want that. Uh, but I think if you like Gran Turismo and you like the act of, of driving in these games that you should check it out. And if this idea of 
um, a console game that is accessible but still um, pretty sim heavy, and ha- and this sort of online setup that encourages um, you not to be a bastard. Like if that <laughs> sounds interesting, then you should go check it out. Um, Plus, I guess it looks lovely, right? Oh, it looks great. It looks yeah. incredible, um, and it does this sort of uh, they call them scapes, where you can like choose a location, choose a car, and kind of photo mode your way around to create this nice background. And then it will, when you're on the main menu, it will cycle through uh, uh, its own uh, scenarios. It looks great. Yeah, I've played some Forza Seven, and this this is the better game for me. Uh, right. Forza Seven um, is a, there's more going on for this for the single player, um, but this one the actual act of driving feels better. The stuff on the driving school um, makes sense. Like it will say like about like hitting the apex on the inside of the corner, not accelerating too hard as you come out of it, and if you follow um, if you go sort of against your instincts and follow the instructions, you'll actually get better times and it feels really good to actually feel like you're learning something um, about being a better driver within the game. Yeah. So that's that's the main new game I've been playing. I also finished Danganronpa uh, V3, uh visual novel series, which I've talked about at length uh, in the past, at least offline. Um, I can't talk much about that game other to say than everyone needs to check that out. It is... Um, Competing for my game of the year, I'll just say that. And this right. year has been pretty, pretty good. <laughs> um, I like. I don't know if you want to ask any questions to try and eke anything out, but I I can't talk about it other than to say it's it's fascinating. It's super exhilarating to play. It's that um, it's the game where you're placed into a school as a as a school kid and told to murder and yeah. investigate murders and. F- figure out who done it um and it's crazy japanese insanity and the third the third game in the series just goes bonkers it's it's incredible uh yeah i'm not i'm not gonna talk to you too much more about that i i'm i'm waiting to see your end of year wrap up on it. yeah i need to write something compelling for it uh try and get some more people interested i know bob is and he's spent more time with the zero escape games yeah. Um, and I know which stream. are also on sale at, at time of publishing this podcast on the PS4. Uh, oh, is it still going? I thought it might yeah, have just like included 24, yeah, 24 quid for the first three games. I think I think. Is it the first three or first two? It might be the first two. It might be the first two. Yeah. yeah. Um, Els played one and two. He's waiting to find a good enough time window. frame to, yeah, window of opportunity. Um, and the last part for me is that the 7th of November, so in about a week's time, next Tuesday, there's going to be more Hitman content. They're releasing a new, uh, they're releasing a game of the year edition and, um, it will include a new four level campaign. It uses the existing locations, but I think they're changing them up to a degree, not unlike the summer bonus episode stuff where, um, yes, this is Sapienza, but it's also an, a movie set set at night with street shut off and so on. Like, I'm looking forward to getting into that. The other thing, which maybe you didn't see, is that the elusive targets are going to be replayable. All of the ones that you hadn't attempted before yep. will be playable. So I won't be able to do any of them. 
But for I can you, do for all example, 26. <laughs> you should be able to, yeah, exactly. Any that you, I, I don't know if you actually tried and completed I, I any. Because I was on the Intel team for every one. Um, Aye. Hitman occupies the special area for me. Like I enjoyed playing through the levels yeah. in my four in February challenge. Mm-hmm. I love the game. But I'm also like I much prefer watching you sure. play it. Mm-hmm. Um and that goes back to like my my early days of playing video games where I'd go to a friend's house because I didn't have a PC or whatever and sit and watch them play through Half Life or whatever. But right. um and I've just been going back through all the old videos trying to edit some stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it's great fun. There's so many silly jokes and stupid things that we were doing while we were like playing that game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we got, like, in terms of video content, we got around 20 hours of footage just from that one game. And no hour was the same as the last. Sure, exactly. So, yeah, I, I love the game. Uh, if I have time, if I'm not too switched on at that point, or yeah. <laughs> desperately trying to finish stuff for uh, the end of year stuff, um, then I'll I'll probably have a crack at them. Yeah, I imagine they're going to release them in sequence similar to, to last time, maybe at a quicker pace, uh, like just every week or something, but yeah, or maybe it's just open to do, but once, once you've opened that mission, that's it kind of Mm, thing. Maybe, maybe, Yeah, you know, once you select it, it's the same as what we, what we had last time. Whereas if you die or fail, you lose. You're done. Yep. Yeah. Potentially. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Um, that's me over to you. Over to me. Right. So in a week where we've had enormous amounts of massive games going on, um, you know, you could at least spend 200 bucks uh, this week alone yep. <laughs> on pretty much top dollar AAA. Um, I've gone back and played some old stuff. <laughs> Good for you, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at a cost of pound <laughs> okay so one of them i know for sure came from your plus subscription so as far as i'm aware two of them came from the plus okay. subscription and then the other one was from a humble bundle so uh i played through this week in its entirety i've i put it to bed last night uh child of light finally okay. mm-hmm. so it was the ubi i forget what it was called it's like the spin-off ubi thing where they did a little bit more sort of arty type games. Yeah, I don't know what that initiative was, but it's an indie. It feels indie. Obviously, it's yeah. not. It's published by Ubisoft, but it's a yeah, small, they did it's a smaller Hearts. game. Yeah, yeah. So they did this sort of hand drawn, sort of nicey nice sort of looking. And actually, Child of Light was really nice. Um, it's an old game. Obviously, it's 2014, maybe 2015. Sounds about right. 2014 sounds right. Yeah. And I believe it was like a Vita title at first and then it came out on PC and I'm mm-hmm. fairly sure I had it in a bundle at some point and still never played it and then got it on PS Plus and still never played it. <laughs> but it was always one of those games that was sort of picking at the back of my mind. Like, you should really play this game. Yeah. So I sat down this week and I did. And despite my earlier joke at, you know, everybody knowing what difficulty levels mean, um. Child of Light books that trend, and it has casual and expert. It's quite those an extreme. The, <laughs> yeah, those are the two difficulty levels it has. Uh, so I went for expert at the start, um, which would be because I thought that would be like normal mode or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. What I quite quickly found was that it becomes a bit of a grind fest. It becomes a bit JRPG, like, oh, you can't take on this boss until you've killed all the monsters in this level and, you know, got enough XP to level up your stuff. Mm. Casual is not as casual as it sounds. Uh, I still had some fairly tough bosses. Like, I was never really in in danger of losing my entire party or failing a battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was tense enough at certain... Like, at the right moments where I was fighting a boss, for example, it was tough enough to be entertaining. Whereas, uh, after playing through, like, the first level, I got to the first boss on expert mode, and I just got absolutely stomped. <sighs> So, uh, have you played it? Did you play it at all? So, yeah, I did play it when it came out. Um, something turned me off about it, potentially picking extreme difficulty and not getting on with it, or maybe it was just the the things you do. Like the, I don't think I really enjoyed the combat model. Um, right. you're, really, you're doing two different things. You're platforming through 2D backdrops, and then you're, is it turn-based? Is it, yes, is it, basically, it's like a okay. an initiative slider at the bottom, where like depending on whose action, like or who is faster, okay. what kind of action you're trying to perform, like more powerful attacks take longer, but everybody's on the same slider, moving up and down. Um, yeah, you can like set people back, or you can be be interrupted if you're like in the process of casting and somebody hits Someone you. Someone comes and thing. does something. Yeah, I yeah. remember. Yeah, okay. So I, yeah, I, I played it, but didn't really get on with it. Um, I again don't know what specifically it was. Yeah, um, but you finished it. Like, how how yeah. long did that take you? Uh, probably about ten hours, all told. Okay. Um, again, putting it back to casual made it really nice because uh, you can fly around, you explore, mm-hmm. you talk to people. It's it's a beautiful game. It's it's very nicely. Uh, like designed in terms of the art, uh, sort of like almost like watercolory, cell shaded yeah. kind of flowing hair and dresses. There's a lot of little nice animation things, like because uh, the protagonist is a, a little girl, mm-hmm. and when she gets her sword, like for example, she'll do like a big hit with her sword, and then sometimes like it's almost too heavy for her to pick back up off the floor. Um, so there's all this. I just remembered what put me off. It was the rhyming. Everything oh, yeah, said yeah, in yeah. rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> Hammering X like nobody's business. <laughs> okay, that's one way to go about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just sort of glance through the text. Like, the story's not that important. You can get what's going on. Right. Uh, but yes, you're quite right. Having the entire st- story told in rhyme in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. Like, they really have to break sentences to make it rhyme. Yeah. It felt super forced. It felt like, um, this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh my God. We need to rewrite this whole like structured sentence to, to fit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it does come across like that. So I did, I was guilty of bashing through the text quite quickly. Sure. Uh, but the actual exploration, uh, like the puzzles aren't that difficult. No. Uh, exploration, the, the combat is okay once you're on, on casual, but it's just quite a nice experience. So I would definitely say that anybody who has it lurking in their library should at least give it, give it a look. Mm-hmm. You know, the music, the art, and yeah, quite fun gameplay make it like possibly one of those that you're gonna like enjoy playing. I don't think it will stay with me forever, but 
since anybody that has a PlayStation 4 and Plus will have it in their library, I think. Uh, yeah, so that was good. Uh, plus, leaving it on pause mode on battle, like on a boss battle, is really good because you get like epic sort of Final Fantasy orchestral swooping music. Uh, <laughs> you know, and if you're making dinner while leaving it on pause, it, it brings some sort of epic proceedings to your <laughs> daily life. Uh, so then I started with a game that I have mentioned before, and I feel <laughs> really guilty about not playing it before now, <laughs> which is uh, Loot Rascals. Yeah, uh, hexagonal movement. So what is the core of that game? It's it, it's a rogue rogue like or whatever however you want to call it like uh or rogue like like or something rogue like light yes yeah. whatever I don't know all these industry terms but <laughs> so basically yeah, it's a hexagonal grid where you as a little spaceman or spacewoman mm-hmm. uh, walk around a grid and you have to like fight monsters the key mechanic is that there's day and night cycle so every five turns it switches from day to night okay and some monsters you get the initiative whether it's day if it's day or if it's night so it's okay. like sometimes they will attack first if they're like day powered sometimes or if you know if they're day powered and you attack at night you get the drop on them and you can get an attack in first yeah okay so the idea is that you uh kill monsters get loot uh, you equip the loot and then your loot management system is quite nice in the fact that you would get bonuses or punishments depending on how you organize your loot. So it's card-based. Uh, you start with five slots on two rows, mm-hmm. like top five, bottom five. Okay. And you will get like, let's say, a weapon that says if there is a card equipped to the right of it, it gets plus two to its stats. Uh, or like a defensive thing that says if you only have one of these in your inventory, uh, you will get like plus one to the stats. Or if you if it's in a odd numbered slot, it's zero. Like it, it zeroes out your defense. So you have to like manage the loot that you get and like try and arrange your card slots in a way that makes maximum tactical sense. The beautiful thing about this game is it's presented like a British 1980s cartoon. It's it's awesome. Like uh, you're trying to rescue a uh, basically a giant 3D printer that's called Big Barry. Of course. Yeah. Okay. After we get started. Yeah. yeah. And uh, your guide or your AI on your spaceship that crashes mm-hmm. is essentially like a teapot with a Scottish accent. It's very 1980s. It's cool. Um, Like, without being forced. It just takes enough. So the art style is quite bizarre. Um, And yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. But as is typical with these roguelike light-like lights, or whatever they're called, um, I'm really fucking awful at them. (laughs) (laughs) Like... I, I've, the the longest I've ever played one, I think I have something like 26 hours or 30 hours on Dungeons of Dreadmore. Oh, From shit. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, really got into, like, got addicted to that game. But never made it past, like, level four. Uh, but there's something about that kind of restart, like, oh, maybe the next run will be better. Maybe I'll get better cards or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, but this is pretty hard. Like, you've only got five health at the beginning, and that health can very quickly be taken away from you. Plus, to get out of each area, so essentially you have to go through, like, five different worlds, and you have to find the teleporter to get out of each different world. Okay. But you have something like 250 turns only to do that before, like, super powerful monsters come onto the board. So, I think. 250 turns for the for that world. Uh, mm. I guess, like, similar to how there's, like, a time limit before the ghost comes along in a level on Spelunky or something like that. Exactly that, yeah. yeah. Uh, the difference is you tend to, at least in Spelunky, you've got a bit more maneuverability and you can... Sure. I, I find myself in Loot Rascals quite a lot getting swarmed. Okay. Mm. Or like today when I was doing quite well, I had a fairly decent set of cards and stats, but I couldn't find the exit in time. Uh, and something called Space Death, <laughs> which had 100 health. Hmm. Uh, and I could only do like 14 damage at that point, <laughs> uh, was like, he appeared right next to me, punched me and I died, you know? So it's, so it's, it's possible with the right circumstances that even when you run out of turns that you'll be able to fight back and get out. Oh yeah, like, you can, maybe you can still make a run for it. Rem- yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not like, oh, suddenly the game ends if you run out of turns. Yeah. It's not like no, an actual it, hard time limit. It's just like you are going to start getting pushed along if, if you, you are basically this. in a lot of trouble. Yeah. 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 But again, uh, it, it looks great. Uh, I've spent some time with it. And the reason I'm guilty about it is because I actually did some beta testing. Okay. Yes. In the Hollow Ponds, uh, studio. Yes. I do remember. Yeah. Yeah, because I lived at that point, like, round the corner from them, and I, I really was into it. Got some sweet stickers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then just literally never picked up the game, and I don't know why. So, yeah, I'm glad that I finally downloaded it, installed it, and have started playing it. It's very much a coffee break game for me. I, I, I wouldn't sit there for more than an hour, because uh, I have long coffees. Just in case my in case my boss is listening, uh, but yeah, uh, definitely fun. Um, you can get it on PS4 and PC. I'm not sure about Xbox One, but I guess so. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's fun if you like that genre. I would say it's uh, a refreshing take on it. Sweet, cool. yeah, cool. And tell me, you've got one more to to mention? Yep, I do have one more. And now this is a surprising one for me. Um, well, not really. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to say something controversial. Ah, uh, whatever. No, not really. Okay. So the, the, the game is called stories path of destinies. Yep. Which is a really awful title. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, doesn't really stick in my mind just for SEO purposes. That's got to be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I guess it was released in this time where everything was something of something. So, you know, uh, and as you told me just before we started recording this, Bob actually took a look at this in April of, uh, this year, which I, I don't know. Sorry, Bob, if I missed your video entirely or if <laughs> it just slipped from my mind. But again, this was a PS plus game that, um, I believe, uh, yeah, I just yeah. started playing today and, what I want to say is that it's really nice and it's had me hooked all afternoon. Like I literally haven't been able to stop playing it. But 
very much like in Child of Light, where I had to skip the dialogue as fast as I can, I've actually turned the narrator off on this game. Because the writing doesn't get any better than the title. <laughs> <laughs> and the title is not great. So uh, basically, you are a fox with a sword. And there is some kind of civil war. And you are tasked with protecting this super powerful book. Uh, and that's how your story starts. And it's like a sort of top-down to isometric kind of... Um, you run around levels a bit like, let's say, Bastion. Mm-hmm. It still has that very colorful vibe, ruined cities. Like yeah. you're running along narrow causeways or platforms that are suspended in the air and you can take moving platforms between different levels. Um, it's quite linear, but you have multiple paths as you, because you can upgrade swords, which also can be used as keys. So like in your first run through, you just have your normal standard sword and you can see all these shiny doors that you can't open. You have to collect resources, and then you can craft a new sword, which can then open those doors. Sure. Okay. So the next time you go through that area, you've got different paths to go through. And this is where the addictive nature for me came in, because the idea with this game is that you fail on your first run. You end the story, but you end in failure. Okay. Uh, you can, there's no, like you've looked it up and there's no way to win that. Uh, well, I guess if you followed the true story mode online, you, like sure. you could look up exactly what choices. So mm. what it is essentially is a choose-your-own-adventure. With bad endings, good endings. Yes, well, I think there's only one good ending. I think everything else is a bad ending. Okay. <laughs> it's and, like the uh, Takeshi's Castle with the, like, there's four doors that you can run through. Only one of them is real. Exactly. One of them is a net. One of them is just yeah. an actual wooden wall. One of them is a big Japanese dude waiting for you. So <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> exactly that. Um, so the idea is you go through, you've got branching story. Like at, at certain points, you take a, like a choice. And then you come to somehow the end of your story. And you go back to this book, which has all this magic power. And you work out why you've screwed up, basically. And what that does is if you discover something, like you discover that somebody is a traitor maybe, or you discover that uh, an all-powerful weapon isn't what it seems or whatever like that, you unlock a section of the truth. And once you have those four sections, then you start getting hints of how to go through the game again. So I've played through all afternoon I've been playing, and I've okay. got, uh, I think I've finished six or seven stories. Um, where I've failed every time, but I like all your stats and all your building, like your swords and stuff, stay with you for the next run through. So I'm like way more powerful. I've got all my combat skills. Like Dead Rising. Yeah, a little bit, but uh, and a little bit like Dead Rising. You, obviously, here you don't have the time limit. Uh, with Dead Dead Rising, you couldn't progress until you got good enough to be able to do that stuff in in that low amount of time mm, right still one of my actual finest gaming achievements is saving everybody in the original dead rising Oof. <laughs> all right fair play but yeah so it's it's very it's quite a pretty game mm-hmm. like i think there's been a lot of work that's been put into how it looks um 
combat's fairly basic, but you do have some moves. You like your general slash counter attacks. You can grab an enemy and throw them into another enemy. Uh, the extra swords you build have like powers like fire or making you quicker or stuff like this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like secondary routes to go through, and then of course you've got this full of choice branching storyline. I think there's something like 25 potential endings. But nice. each run, each run is about half an hour. Oh, okay. And each one gets you closer to the truth. Exactly. <laughs> um, at this point, I'm not sure I can handle the truth, but, uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, because the writing put me off so hard at the beginning of the game, like it, it sucks. I'm sorry to whoever did that writing. I don't know if it's a translation issue because I, I have a feeling it might not be in like an English speaking studio, mm. but there's just some really bad choices. Like at the the very beginning, like your tutorial level, you're chasing after this rabbit who has the book and he won't give it to you. And eventually he dies and then you pick up the book. I don't know how many times they said the word kid talking about the rabbit, but it was probably more than 20 in the intro level. And it's like, don't, I won't drop the book. I'm not a kid, said the kid. Hey, kid. <laughs> he said to the kid <laughs> and you're like oh my god stop and then there's loads of sort of tongue-in-cheek fourth wall breaking references which reference like bearing in mind you're in a fantasy world populated by foxes and ravens and rabbits and all of this kind of stuff and they reference like modern pop culture you know in a kind of hey we're trying to be jokey and fun kind of way but it totally breaks the emotion. Well, I think games can break the emotion if they kind of if it works, if it pulls it off. But I guess it mm. it, it doesn't. Like there's there's bits in in Danganronpa three or any of them really where like the tut- the guy that's talking about the tutorial is like, hey, I'm going to tell you about the tutorial now, like knowingly that it's yeah, that's uh, that's kind of fine. Um, yeah. But it does depend on how it's pulled off. Like mm. you know, the second time of seeing a certain puzzle. It comes up and it, it says like, "Hey, here's a puzzle, but you've solved it before, right? So you can solve it again." Yeah. Puzzles have uh, no what's the word? Um, yeah, replayability. That's the word. And it just kind of, uh, you know, and especially because it's delivered in quite a stilted way, the voice acting isn't spectacular either. So I found the the way to survive this game was just to turn dialogue volume right down. <laughs> turn subtitles on and I can read it if I need to, right. but ignore it the rest of the time. And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of sad because the rest of the game is quite lovely. Like I say, I've been sat there for probably about four or five hours today, just <laughs> running around, foxing things up, building my swords, like trying to find different choices and ways through and stuff. And yeah, it's, uh, it's really nice. Cool. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll link um, I'll link Bob's video in in the show sure. notes for that one. Uh yeah, he spends like 5 minutes just going through and we'll see see if he came to the same conclusions because I can't for the life of me remember what he said. <laughs> I just I just literally don't remember that video even being made. Like until you told me about it today I'm like <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I managed to remember like the name just about rang a bell with me. So yeah. that was good. Cool. Well, but yeah, that was my week in cheap gaming. <laughs> After spending, uh, yeah, well, three hundred yeah. and fifty quid on the Switch, <laughs> right? Yeah, within the same time, you still spent 
more money than I did, but that's fair. Well, yeah, but I, I've great. seen the list of stuff that you've bought and it's crazy. Uh, so, <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's it's okay. I'll give you some money for the for the you know uh twenty four hour marathon games. So. Yeah, we we've got um we've got a playlist there, and we just need to finalize which ones because some of them are ones we don't own yet. Um, I'll go ahead and just say we're definitely playing Cuphead. And I've been holding off on trying it myself because I want my first experience to be in line with everyone else's first experience with that one. And it's got a co-op mode, so we'll be able to like pass and play two-player. Um, is that this year's challenge, like Dark Souls? Probably, it's, probably is the case. For me, it's either going to be this year's Dark Souls or this year's Overcooked, <sighs> where we just get so salty at each other within seconds, we have to switch it off. <laughs> I think we'll persevere. Uh, yeah. Or we'll just swap you out. And you know, <laughs> put me in a corner. Give you a glass of milk. Calm down. Yeah. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, that's the punishment, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we've also announced that we're going to be playing Hidden Agenda, which isn't out. It got delayed in Europe, but I created a PSN account for for the US and, and grabbed that. Um, and that's the game. That's the next game from the Until Dawn guys. Um, Looks cool. It's looking like it's going to be very entertaining for six players. Uh, we all control. Um, we basically by majority decide decisions, uh, within the game, like whichever decision gets the majority vote out of the six of us on our phones. Um, and then there's sort of a competitive element where each of us has a hidden agenda, funnily enough, where you've got to like, Mm. you've got to make sure that something within the story plays out kind of like maybe an Avalon or like a resistance kind of way where you're kind of influencing the direction. Um, that'd be cool. Um, obviously we're going to be playing Jackbox Party Pack Four, which came out two weeks ago, one week ago. Uh, I have that, and we'll give that a, enough uh playtime because that was one of our favourites from last year. Um, and we'll have more announcements. As I said at the top, we'll have more announcements about our playlist and what we'll be doing uh over the next week uh as we get into it. And yeah, ten days from now, so come come watch us on Twitch. On the 11th of November, any time of day, because we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> any time of that day. Any time yeah. of that day, on the 11th yeah. of November up until uh, the morning of the 12th uh, European time. So yeah, follow us for notifications when we go live. All right, uh, we'll call it a day. Next time, we will have been uh, mentally exhausted. And uh, I mean, maybe we'll try and get a podcast recorded whilst uh, whilst you're still uh with me in madrid uh otherwise we'll we'll capture thoughts from the marathon um digitally yeah (laughs) i don't know how we were going to do it non-digitally but here you go well i've got a notepad yeah we'll just scan it scan it yeah yeah take photos upload it cool all right thanks tom Uh, no worries thanks everyone for for watching with your ears and we'll see you again (laughs) next time yeah see you ciao Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.